Have you ever wondered, what lab tests do I need from my doctor? Have you ever felt overwhelmed with all the labs that were done and yet felt like none of them were getting you the answers or the results you were looking for? Have you ever felt like there must be more out there? There must be some other test or, or piece of data that could help me in my health, but you don't know what it is? If so, today's episode is for you. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about what I call the hierarchy of lab tests, which is the order in which we evaluate the importance and relevance of lab tests in functional health and in the Better Belly practice. I'm going to share with you about the lab tests that we've done with our clients, the order we do them in, why, and the results that our clients have gotten so that you better understand what it means and what it can look like to dive deeper into your health. Are you guys ready? Let's get going. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Hey everyone, Allison here, just dropping in real quick before the podcast episode starts because I'm actually recording this after this podcast episode was recorded because I want to let you know that when I recorded this podcast episode, I thought that it was going to be airing before, um, at, that it was actually going to be airing on the week of December 24th, 25th, so Christmas last week, but I ended up releasing my announcement that I'm pregnant last week, and so... In this podcast episode, I allude to an upcoming podcast episode about my pregnancy or about like how I use that in my pregnancy and it's actually already out. So want to make sure there's no confusion there. If I say anything where it sounds like um, I'm backtracking or I'm confused, it's just because I decided to change the order on these podcast episodes. So I hope you guys so much enjoy today's podcast episode. Um, but just that quick note that uh, any timeline differences or if it seems like I'm confused, um, it's just because this podcast episode is airing at a different time. Otherwise, enjoy the show. All right, guys, I have been so excited about today's podcast episode. Uh, I actually feel that way probably about most podcast episodes just because there's so much information out there. I, I don't know. I just feel like this um, this little hope bubble of I felt like there was I had I went from not knowing anything, feeling like I was banging my head against the wall in, you know, 2016, 2017 to discovering a whole plethora of information um, in ways that we can actually heal the body, heal the gut, heal our hormones, heal our sleep and our skin and our and our relationships and our lives. And 
that was not available to me. And so I just love these little nuggets. And I hope that this is inspiring to you. I hope it makes sense. I know I am someone who's always looking for structure, who's always looking for a pattern and for organization and even even a path to follow. And so as I have been doing more and more labs with our clients, I realize that there's a really natural progression to the types of labs to be doing when you're thinking about an A to Z process of healing your body. This isn't just, um, we're not going to really talking about some labs that doctors will do like CAT scans and MRIs. And there's a whole bunch of blood labs they'll do that are is related to, you know, do you have Crohn's disease or do you have uh, rheumatoid arthritis? We're not going to be talking about those labs because while they are in important and they can, they'll find usually really intense stuff. They don't actually tell you how to heal something necessarily. They might tell you, is your migraine being caused by a tumor? Yes or no. Is your migraine being caused by a blah, blah, blah? Yes or no. Um, and if, if the answer is no to a tumor or no to rheumatoid arthritis, or even yes to some of these things, they might know, here's some surgery, here's some medication. But they're not going to deal with inflammation. And and we're really interested in functional medicine when we're thinking about whole body healing and deep root cause healing where you're no longer having to continually have a super restricted diet and all the like take a million supplements to like barely even feel good. When you actually heal the root cause, you A, have to do way less to maintain even moderate health. You you actually have to do way less to feel quite good, actually. And then you also just genuinely feel better than simply coping. And so um, this is relevant to anyone, whether or not you have a diagnosis, maybe that's PCOS, or your diagnosis is interstitial cystitis, or your diagnosis is uterine fibroids, or uh, we've worked with clients with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, all of that has All of those things, we're not necessarily looking to diagnose, but we're looking for sources of inflammation. And typically, we're we're considering these hidden sources. And we call them hidden because they're, A, not obvious enough to a doctor that they're going to test for it. Um... And then, and then that's the problem. That's maybe that's it. There, that a that's all. That's that's the only thing. Um, it's just not obvious enough to conventional health care system that they're going to test for it. And so, uh, they they're hidden. They're not obvious. We're not taught how to or even to look for it. So you know, and and just remember before I even get dig into more tests, I wanted to talk with you guys about the fact that testing is literally how we live our life. And I think sometimes when I'm talking to someone who's first even considering like stepping away from conventional um, healthcare system or is first feeling just dis- disenfranchised, not taken care of very well, and they first hear, oh, there's there's these tests that aren't available are not typically available through conventional doctors, maybe an integrative, maybe a functional doctor. Um, it really varies. Uh, but maybe they're not always even conventionally available. Well, why do these tests exist? And, and why aren't, if they're so helpful, why isn't my doctor doing them? And, and all these questions come up and, and, and there's this like kind of tug and pull. And I actually will talk about that guys, but it's there's this almost disbelief of do I really need to do this test or is this test really going to make a difference? And I like to say and I like to remind all of us that testing is how we live our life. Like if you want to see if your food is ready to eat, you test it somehow. And maybe if it's meat, you have to cut into it and look how pink it is or you tap it and see how soft it is. Or you maybe if it's vegetable, you you 
you touch it or you put a fork in it and you see, does it steam? Is it hot enough? We know how to test our daily world to say, is the oven on? We might turn the knob as if it's on, but then how would we know if it's on or not? Like, how do we know if it broke or if, if the knob's working today? Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff. We, I, I mean, you might even be like, wow, that's so obvious, but that actually is the nature of testing. It should be. Um, and, and for me, what I've been learning as, as I've been doing this longer and as our clients even learn, they start to learn, these are the signs of when I need a certain test. And, you know, following even the hierarchy of tests, like, okay, this is when this happens. And this is how I can understand my symptoms falling into this, uh, these patterns and what tests are going to help give me answers to what questions that I have. And so that's the point of someone who is an expert at what they do in functional health. Uh, Their job is multifaceted, but one of the things um, that we, one of the principles we stand on at Better Belly Therapies is test, don't guess. And so you can follow certain symptoms and say that looks like candida or that looks like SIBO, but you want to test at the end of the day um, so that you have very specific details and that you're also just plain old not wrong because it's a waste of time, waste of money, and you can feel worse if you don't test. So we want to know when do I test for something? How do I test for it? In the same way that we can tell if an oven is heating up by if the coils turn red or if I feel heat with my fingers, how do we know when to do what test in functional medicine? And how can you even know what to start with and and how it points to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing? And so we've actually talked about this. There's a whole podcast episode I created called The One Question You Need to Know or to Ask Yourself to See if You Have a Pathogen. And we'll link it in the show notes. And that was a kind of a I like to call it like a pretest to the test because they're really available questions that we can ask ourselves that I'm constantly listening to potential clients for um, and to our current clients for of, are they saying all these classic things that say, sounds like you have a pathogen. Um, And so we don't have to make it up and we don't have to waste time and we don't have to waste money buying a test that's irrelevant, which kind of happens in the conventional hair healthcare system. They're like, well, it could be this. Let's run a test. And then you wait a couple weeks and it comes back negative and you're like frustrated. And that's fine and well and dandy. And you're like, well, at least insurance covers it mostly sort of kind of. (laughs) But um, I say that because again, I went to do normal checkup and stuff and got a bill. And I was like, didn't think it was going to be this big. Not even sure why it's this big. Anyways, so I have a beef with insurance and like hidden fees behind stuff. But all that being said, um, we want to be able to test something and know we're not wasting time or money on it, right? Am I right? Yes, let's do that. And then you actually want results <laughs> from what you find. So blood chemistry is going to be the first test that you want to do in the hierarchy of lab tests. If you're going to do one test at a time or if there's some reason um, yeah, that you're just like unsure, should I even do further testing? Blood chemistry is the number one thing. And a couple reasons that I go to blood chemistry for that is... <clears throat> It is super available. You just go to your doctor. Um, a lot of times you can get insurance to cover it. Um, it's, it's you know, you're not, doctor at least, at least is not going to be like, you want a what test? <laughs> They'll know what you're asking for. They might not agree to it. And that's a separate problem. But blood chemistry is much more accessible. And that's why I created Blood Lab Boot Camp because I found that a lot of, you know, women I would talk to who would say, 
I don't know if I even want to invest in this. What if it's all in my mind? I'm like, look, it's going to be in your blood chemistry. Even if you've already been told your labs are quote unquote normal, it's a super comforting thing. And you can just see it boom, um, straight early on. And so, and then when you learn how to read your blood chemistry, also, I also teach y'all how to pair up with symptoms because symptoms are one of the major signs. Just like if you put your hand over fire, you're going to get a symptom of pain if you get too close. Symptoms are huge, huge red flags and indicators and bright lights that are pointing us in a direction of this is what's going on. We merely need to understand what types of things cause these symptoms. And I don't know why doctors don't seem to have a better grip on that of being able to see clusters of symptoms, but we talk about it in blood lab bootcamp. Uh, what's a cluster of symptoms that if your blood work is pointing to H. pylori, what are the symptoms you'll see with it? If your blood work is pointing to candida, what are your, what will your symptoms look like? If your blood work is pointing to heavy metals, what will your symptoms look like? If your blood work is pointing to thyroid, what will your symptoms look like? And the list goes on. If your blood work looks like liver congestion, what will your symptoms look like? So that you can then get a double confirmation from both the blood work, the individual markers, patterns of markers, and then your symptoms. And once you get that, then you can, if you were suspicious at all or wary at all, you then can say, now know what test I probably want to do next. And when in our clients and with our clients, we... (laughs) I've only had one test in the all the tests we've ever run come back with no pathogens. Um, and that client actually had a lot of heavy metal problems. Uh, we did we did a round of tests. We do them all at once because it saves us a bunch of time to just get them out of the way. And we also they also typically have all the symptoms that say, yeah, we should run this test. So we just save time. But if you were to do things one at a time, the next test you would do, and I would typically recommend, and that I'm guessing your blood work is going to point to if you are having symptoms is a need to for a pathogen test. And so pathogen, the word means anything that's bacteria, parasite, yeast, fungus, mold, something that's biological that's in your body that's excreting toxins and it shouldn't be there at least to the level it's at. Um, and so it's, it's somehow harming you and that makes it not symbiotic. It makes it pathogenic. And so a pathogen test is the most common next test that you're going to want to run. Uh, it's, you can run something called a stool test and we do see doctors run that. I don't love their tests. And I believe I've talked about this in other podcast episodes that, um, Unfortunately, the way that conventional medicine runs stool tests, they have a this this threshold that says if they have less than this amount of this pathogen, it's not pathogenic. It means that that the bacteria or the whatever is present, but it's not we've decided due to various research and stuff that it can't be harming you. I think that that's a little unfair because everybody is different. And so I do get clients who might have a relatively small amount of H. pylori, like literally the number comes up small. And by the way, the number can, the number of how much you have of something can vary even within the single same piece of stool. And by that, I mean poop. (laughs) If you take it from one end versus the other, whatever, it can actually vary a lot. So that's also a little frustrating. It's like, well, just because that one sample had a low amount doesn't mean that the person doesn't have a high amount in their body. That's really not fair. 
<clears throat> but even even if they have a low amount, say you just were God and you knew this person has a low amount of H. pylori, it's, you know, the stool sample matches up, it doesn't mean it's not affecting them greatly. And especially if you have all the symptoms of H. pylori. So it's really not fair, I think, to cap that threshold. And then what happens is when you get a stool sample back from a lot of conventional doctor offices, it just is positive or negative. It doesn't say how much you had or if you were below threshold. It's like, you're you're so distant from the actual information it's it's and it's like it's like well you're too stupid to figure this out so we'll just say positive or negative they don't really want to give you the data and that just also feels frustrating if you spend time and money and you're letting them bleed your insurance for this and then you're getting charged some copay or whatever on top of it um you want some real data, right? <laughs> That's how I feel. And then you also, for a pathogen test, you could, we do a test called organic acid test by Great Plains Lab, Lab Laboratory, Great Plains Lab. Um, that is a test that that picks up different markers and it's through your urine and it can look at different pathogens. It looks a little bit more at mold. It looks more at something called C. diff or it's known as Clostridia difficile. Um, that's a test we typically don't run until... Either if someone just screams that they have mold or they probably have C. diff, like those are the symptoms we're going to be looking for. And I make a recommendation. More often we're finding H. pylori and we're finding parasites. We're finding stuff that the GI map or the stool test covers. And we do the GI map by Genova Diagnostic. And that is either of those two tests. We might do them together or just do the stool test. But that being said, just a pathogen test in general is going to be a good next step as long as it's a good test. And the other problem is, is that I have had clients before working with me get a different pathogen test through a different provider. Um, and it's not going to, you know, I really like our GI map by Genova Diagnostic. There's another lab test uh, that we work or that sometimes people will bring to us and they don't check for H. pylori and it just frustrates me to no end because it's just so common amongst the people who are not feeling well in this country. It's not everyone. H. pylori has a 25 to 35% prevalence in the, um, in the United States. Um, and so it's like, Definitely not everyone has it, but the people who are not feeling well, it's like a bunch of them. I'd say probably, whew, man, 80, 80% of our clients have H. pylori. Not all of them. They, you can feel bad without having it, <laughs> but it's really common. And so that really frustrates me if someone hasn't even been checked and they spent all this money on a really otherwise high quality um, functional lab test. And so, and and by the way, the word functional, just as a reminder, means looking at looking at the root cause, essentially. I don't know why they use <laughs> actually I haven't studied exactly who decided the word functional is great. Maybe it, it makes you more functional, is what I always think of. <laughs> but you want to go from a pathogen test. So you do blood chemistry, you get an idea of what's going on. It's a really available. That's the first thing I did when I miscarried in January. And I'm actually having the next podcast episode. I'm talking a little bit more about what my health has been like since that miscarriage. Um, and I'm going to be talking about two specific markers I even used in blood chemistry because I did genuinely feel like a ship lost at sea when I was like, I miscarried. I personally don't believe the body does something for no reason. So even though the doctors are like, it happens to a lot of people and, you know, it could just be a fluke or because it was the first time you tried. I just really wasn't in love with the idea of doing literally nothing or 
fairly nothing and then trying to get pregnant again and then miscarrying again. that that journey seemed too painful and not not honestly too anxious anxiety filled and so i was like i'm gonna do some testing but i literally ship lost to sea had no idea what test i would pick and that's me who had a lot of i have a lot of experience and so thought okay great, let's go to blood chemistry first. And so that's why I do say blood chemistry first. If you're going to just do one lab and do it separately, that's that's the one. And that's why I also want you all to be able to read your own blood chemistry and why I created Blood Lab Bootcamp. So number two pathogen test, uh, again, just because it's so common of a problem, if you're not feeling well, that is just super likely you've got something going on. And then number three, going to look at hormones. And the reason I say this is because the hormone test that we recommend is something called the Dutch test. And this test is way more than just a hormone test you're going to get through blood. I was just sharing someone's Dutch test results today, earlier today. And I, for whatever reason, just found myself I don't always say this, but repeatedly being like, and this is never on blood work. You can't get this on blood work. You can't get this on blood work because blood is different than other forms of testing. And so the Dutch test is urine and it can actually evaluate how you are detoxing estrogen, how you are detoxing testosterone, how you are using and utilizing your adrenal glands at a variety of levels throughout the day. Maybe your adrenal glands are, you have a lot, plenty of cortisol at you know, the times of day that you need them in the morning, but then not enough in the afternoon and evening or vice versa. This test tells you so much uh, about different points of the day, how your hormones fluctuate throughout the day, both your sex hormones and then also your your uh, adrenal gland hormones. It gives you an insight into melatonin, into your neurotransmitter, so dopamine and norepinephrine. It gives you insight into B12 and B6 levels. It gives you insight into... Um, what was the last thing that glutathione, which is this uh, liver de liver helps the liver detox a variety of stuff, like a lot of it. And a lot of our clients are depleted in it either because they're using a bunch of it to like glutathione gets really profusely used up with candida, for example. Um, so they're either just profusely burning through all the glutathione their liver makes, or they're just not making enough because the liver is burdened. Um, and so Again, you just want like what is going on in my whole body and you want a higher level of functioning that most doctors, when I get someone's hormone test, it just frustrates me to no end because they don't care what time of the month this person took the test. There is a range like, you know, if they're the luteal phase or, and if you're familiar with this, it's basically, is it right after your period? Is it, you know, right when you're ovulating? Is it uh, after you're ovulating or is it when you were menstruating and it'll give you that range on the on the lab sheet if it's a blood test but in the dutch test we want you to test at a specific window if you still if you're female and you still have your cycle so you're not um you're not uh, oh i'm blanking on that's called post postmenopausal i uh, can't believe i forgot that but Anyways, so, and that's because our hormones fluctuate all the time and we're really trying to catch a specific moment and window in time where there's going to be typically the most obvious dysfunction where we want the progesterone very high, estrogen should be a little bit lower, and usually what happens is progesterone never quite makes it as high as it needs to be or it's just really flatlined and low and estrogen 
that'll be a good time for us to say, is estrogen just low overall when it should be a little bit higher? Or is it high overall when it should be a little bit lower? Um, versus like, for example, the end of your cycle, everything's kind of flatlined and low or it, it's just the best window. And so it takes a little bit more intentionality to catch the right window with the Dutch test, but it gives you so much better data. Bah. And so that is a test I would recommend often because hormones are so impacted by gut health and inflammation. If you have inflammation, you're more likely to convert testosterone into estrogen. So women will have low testosterone or men will have low testosterone and excess estrogen. If you have inflammation in your body, and again, that could be due to physical stress, like giving birth, that could be due to pathogens, that could be all sorts of stuff. Um, this, this inflammation that's just hanging out in your body, food sensitivities, heavy metals. Um, that's why we want to know first what's even just going on with the hormones. And then if you're like, oh, the progesterone tanked, that can be because of, be, can be because of inflammation. Progesterone helps you sleep. Progesterone helps you have low anxiety and feel calm. So if your progesterone is hanging out in the bedrock, you need to be, A, looking where's your inflammation. You go back to the GI map test. You go back to your pathogen test, knowing pathogens are going to be a number one cause of inflammation. And the reason I say it's number one is not just because it's a it is a, we have a higher ratio of people who have a pathogen problem when nothing they do is working in their body, right? All the things that quote unquote should work if it isn't working, whether that's low FODMAP diet or exercise or resting or praying or meditating or whatever it is you've tried counseling and supplements and so many things that our clients try, if none of those are working, um, yeah, you probably have a pathogen. And so you want to go back to that pathogen test and it's number one, not be, just because it's a high ratio of people who have that problem, who don't feel well, have that chronic not feel well, but because nothing else is going to get better really very much until the pathogen's gone. You cannot gluten-free your way out of a parasite. And that's the problem. People go gluten-free and they think it's their diet and they go low FODMAP and they do all this stuff. And then you're like, well, actually, I didn't really feel much better. I felt a little bit better, but but definitely not completely better. And that's because the pathogen was there blocking your way. So you always want to deal with the pathogen first. And you can deal with food sensitivities even at the same time, but you want to make sure you're dealing with the pathogen. Otherwise, you're just kind of dinking around and you're delaying feeling better and you're frustrated because you're having to be on a super restricted diet. No bueno. So you do the hormone test, you get a sense of how your hormones are specifically and exactly being impacted by inflammation. You also get an idea of how well your liver's detoxing your pathogens so that you know how much you need to support the liver and in what ways. And then, and that's something that you know your functional health practitioner would help you with. But this is just so you know, like if someone's recommending stuff to you, I want you all to be equipped. And if you ever work with us, I want you to know this is why we're doing this. We have a lot of clients who will work with us after listening to our now, you know, close to 70 episodes uh, or I mean past 70 episodes of podcasts. And it's just so helpful. They're like, yeah, yeah, I heard you talk about that on the podcast. So everything you're learning here is super relevant, um, hopefully for anybody you work with, let alone if you want to work with us. We would love to work with you and help your body heal. Um, after the hormone test, I recommend a food sensitivity test. Um, sometimes I skip this if you've already had one. Quick note, not all food sensitivities are, are 
food sensitivity tests are the same. Food sensitivity tests are also not God. And by that, I mean, sometimes someone says, I took this test and it said I wasn't sensitive, so I eat it or vice versa. It said I was sensitive, so I never eat it. And what's more fair is to understand what the test is testing and its and its strengths and its weaknesses. If you are like, what are you talking about, Allison? This sounds a little vague. You can check out our podcast episode, Which Food Sensitivity Test is Best for You, where I talk for probably close to an hour on food sensitivity tests and what different kinds that are out there and why some might actually show um, food sensitivities that you can actually develop due to leaky gut. And then of course, if you develop them, you can heal those food sensitivities and how to identify or what tests might show more permanent food sensitivities and why some food sensitivity tests will actually say you're not sensitive to something when you actually still might be. You're like, whoa, that sounds lame that that can happen. Yeah, it kind of is annoying. Um, it's not that the, don't ever do a food sensitive test, just kind of know what you're getting into in that, that they're not fallible um, or that they are fallible rather. They, they can, they're, they're not God. They, they can have just missed data. You have to know what the food sensitivity test is looking for. So we talk with our clients and I talk in that podcast episode about the two main food sensitivity tests we rely on because they are kind of polar opposites in the types of things they look for. Um, and it's just super helpful, but food sensitivities are important to test for and test well for. Know what you're testing and how you're testing and how you're planning to heal. And so you're not stuck on these food sensitivities forever. Um, some of them you might be, but um, really it's going to be a much smaller amount of number of foods, um, most likely than, than something like the low FODMAP diet, which is just a preposterous number of foods that are designed to be healthy and good for you. And so food sensitivity tests, and by the way, if you hear me really get on the low FODMAP diet, it's partly because it's a fad right now. And it's partly because I got put on that diet and it did not heal me. It helped me cope, but it didn't heal me. And eventually I, after being on it for about a year, I mean, that's way longer than you should be on it. Even the, technically it says you, it should help you, you know, within two months and it didn't. And so was on it for like a year and then all my symptoms were like literally back full force even on the super horrible diet and so and by horrible just like really hard to maintain so that being said that's why I harangue on the low FODMAP diet but food sensitivities will cause lots of inflammation whether they are developed and temporary and can be healed or they are long-term and permanent uh, whatever category they fall into, if they are a present tense problem, then they will cause lots of inflammation and they will affect your hormones and they will affect your gut lining and they will affect your sleep and they will affect everything. So you do want to figure them out so that you're not guessing as to what's really bothering you. Uh, next, so you kind of get the food stuff figured out, you're addressing your pathogens, you know what your hormones, like wh where your goals are and how to support your hormones so that, you know, you're not lagging there and not healing something that you have a healing opportunity for. The, the next thing we do, and we might not even do too much with this until we're done with the pathogen protocol, it, it varies, um, but is heavy metal and mineral test. And that's something called the HTMA, stands for hair, tissue, mineral analysis. And it's, you take some of your hair, uh, you cut it and at the roots and you send it in. And it tests your mineral levels that's coming out of your hair. 
This test has been a game changer for our clients. Total game changer. Number one, because, well, maybe this is the only point. <laughs> the, on, the, the really only point is that if you have been sick for a while and on that trajectory, and maybe it's only gotten really bad recently, but you, you, I mean, all of our clients have like, oh, I really, really got bad three months ago. But then I asked them questions about like high school and college and they're like, oh yeah, you've totally had symptoms up until now. It just got really bad recently. Well, if that's the case, then usually your minerals are slowly being depleted. It has nothing to do with how much you're eating these minerals and more so to do with can you absorb the minerals and or are there heavy metals or other, you know, toxic minerals like hitting copper toxicity, pushing out your healthy minerals. There is so much that can go on. Your adrenal gland function can really throw off your mineral levels. Um, I mean, and it's just the list goes on. And so we want to know it's it's hard to reestablish your minerals if you have ongoing pathogens and ongoing food sensitivities and your gut lining's just like super damaged. It's it's hard. It's hard if to replenish the minerals if you don't have stomach acid or low stomach acid, whether that's due to H. pylori or just because that's where you're at in your gut right now because you can't absorb calcium without stomach acid. You can't absorb iron. Another mineral we look at, you have a harder time absorbing sodium. It's just like just keeps on going. And so you want to make sure you want to deal with pathogens and food sensitivities so that you definitely get the biggest bang for your buck when you start dealing with the minerals. But when our clients start dealing with minerals, their pain completely shifts. Their, uh, if, if it hasn't already, the pain shifts then because a lot of times people will have excess calcium that has calcified into their soft tissue. And that's a whole process we have not really talked about. And I'm not going to talk about in depth in this podcast episode, but it's painful and it causes fibromyalgia-esque pain. And so a lot of our clients who have been actually diagnosed with fibromyalgia or some of our clients who just kind of have that I mean, definitely look like that fibromyalgia, joint pain, muscle pain, stiffness, all that jazz that like nothing really resolves, whether that's the chiropractor or massage or heat or whatever, magnesium. Yeah, it's, a lot of times it's excess calcium that we will find in that hair tissue sample. And then we help that calcium break up, go back into the bones, their pain goes away. Then their energy levels hugely improve, dizziness goes away. Um, a lot of times we will see muscle cramping go away. We'll see lightheadedness go away. Chronic need to pee at night goes away. Um, you know, chronic thirst goes away. There's a lot of stuff that really improves. Um, and just general vi vitality is like, it's, it's so interesting to watch our clients be like, I actually feel really good. And my energy isn't dropping, you know, right after I wake up in the morning or after I eat lunch in the afternoon. And, it's just because the minerals are, they play such an important role, y'all. Um, and that's that's the gamut that of, of testing we stick with the most. There's mold testing on top of that that fits kind of into pathogens. Um, there's definitely other testing that we will do. Those are our most common round. And what we're seeing is most helpful for our clients who have all these symptoms of bloating and hormone problems and infertility and PCOS or pelvic pain or crazy hormones or no period at all or um, skin problems, eczema, sleep problems, sinus problems, headaches, migraines. I'm trying to think of like, if you're like, am I one of these people? Um, probably, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, I find that that already narrows stuff uh, immensely. 
But if you have all those things or even half of those things, a quarter of those things, you're really much more likely that you need a lot of these things and would benefit from them. And if you're ever just wondering, um, and if you've say you've done the, I haven't seen this too much, but you've maybe went to another functional practitioner and they did HTMA with you, but they didn't do a pathogen test that can make your HTMA protocol have been less effective. And so that's why we try to do stuff in specific orders. And I just want you all to know, and it really starts with blood chemistry or, or it can start with blood chemistry. It doesn't have to, but it is something that you actually have access to. Um, the one thing that I can say is that the average human being or the average, you know, the American population, we can't just say, I'm going to go buy a pathogen test willy nilly. There's sort of ways out there now that you're, they're starting to get like direct to consumer labs available, but I don't really love a lot of them. And you're also like not necessarily taught what to do about them after you get them. And or at least sometimes if you, I don't know, I'm just, I'm thinking about other tests like Viome, which I think is technically a food sensitivity test. Um, but just kind of irritating or it's, it, I've seen more people kind of spin their wheels on those self tests in general. Um, but blood chemistry is really solid and you do have access to it. Unlike some other tests. And lastly, I, as I was thinking about hierarchy of tests, I wanted to mention muscle testing. I'm not putting this in our hierarchy, our like official hierarchy. I am merely wanting to make a note on it. Um, maybe some of you have received muscle testing. I think muscle testing is fascinating. If you don't know what it is, real quick, um, it is this, I guess you could say concept, belief, or whatever phenomena that uh, when your body is holding something or touching something or engaging in something that's not good for it, that we actually get muscle weakness. And so you can put out your hand or your arm and hold something. And if you are sensitive to it, the point of muscle testing is that you just have to push the arm down and it says, no, this isn't good for you. And if it makes you stronger, it's like, this is really good for you. Um, and so they'll do that with they might do like have you hold a, a glass bottle of a supplement or a glass bottle of a um, herb or a glass bottle of a fungus or something that and and that's the point of muscle testing kind of the benefits of it. It's super quick. It's like boom, done. Um, it's super cheap. I, you literally just have to hold a bottle and I guess pay whoever's putting bottles into your hand to do that. Um, of course, you still have to pay for whatever they recommend you do about that bottle that you were holding, whether you buy supplement because it was good for you or you avoid blah, blah, blah. But um, that being said, when I just wanted to make this note because unfortunately I have seen this and I just want to share this with you. If you have said I've been to a functional practitioner and they did muscle testing, if that's the only testing they did, I really, we don't see good results with that. We get a lot of clients who the muscle testing generally, it's it's more of like helping them you arrive to a coping method. And I was actually talking to my assistant, Desiree, who um, does just so much work on the back end. She's really knowledgeable. Um, she's learned so much about this work and she's gone through her own health journey. And she said, you know, I received muscle testing in the past and it was helpful. Like it genuinely made me feel somewhat better. It never healed me. And she's like, Allison, if I had real testing, if I had this testing that we do in our office, the GI map and the Dutch test and the food sensitivity tests and the HTMA, if I had that testing, I would have been better so much faster and so 
having wasted way less money. Um, and so I took that to, deeply to heart. I have received some muscle testing. I think it's really interesting. Conceptually, I have not seen people heal, deeply heal. Now, that being said, it's possible that the people who are deeply healing from it, they aren't listening to the podcast. They're not coming to our office. So I, I'm sure somebody, I know people have benefited from it, but I find that it has enough loopholes that it's missing missing people. So um, when sometimes people come and say, I've already seen a functional doctor, that functional doctor just did muscle testing with them. And that is not something that we consider that I would generally recommend or consider like a full testing gamut or like thorough or deep or like complete data so that you can get complete root cause healing and not need to continue to take a bajillion supplements or be on a bajillion food sensitivities or food restrictions the rest of your life. So that is all of my my thoughts and information on hierarchy of tests, orders you can do them in. Um, just a reminder, testing is normal. Testing is a way of life. We test things all the time to to know if they're safe or if it's going to taste good or if it's ready to eat or whatever it is. We, we test all the time. So testing is normal. And it's just about getting the right tests onto um, your body, looking at your data so that you, you can get healthy. And if you are ready to jump in and start getting this immediate access to, hey, what's going on in my body? I want better data. I want to have power over my health. I don't want to have to continue to take someone else's word for it. I want to be able to look at my blood work year after year after year and track it and see what's improving and see areas and opportunities for healing. Then join Blood Lab Bootcamp. It reopens for new student enrollment on January 5th. We have a wait list that is available now. And when you join the wait list, you're going to have all sorts of fun offers and early access and goodies. Um, so join the wait list. Be some of the first to know. Um, you know, have first access to Blood Lab Bootcamp so you can get in. We're going to have live coaching calls on that with that course so that you can get me and, and get my analysis, like is your blood lab, blood chemistry, uh, a good analysis? Do I have any thoughts or any extra things I'd see? Ask questions, hear what other students have to say, what, what, you know, what their questions are. It's a really great learning environment so that you can really walk away from this course, understanding something and, and feeling confident in your ability to move forward and really study and learn, um, and, and then act and feel confident and honestly, at least feel a little bit less crazy about your doctor no longer being able to say your labs look normal. They can say it, but you at least know that they are now wrong. And exactly, you know exactly how they're wrong and exactly what to do about it. So join Blood Lab Bootcamp. It's just going to be open for registration for one week, January 5th to January 12th. It's going to be open for a limited amount of time. Then we are going to close it again. So join for the new year, new you, really have a good solid idea of what you want to be doing in your health. That's more than just, I guess I'll go to the gym and I guess I'll try to eat better, but have a really specific plan and something that's going to make your health easier, not harder, not like I have to try 20 bajillion things and I have to use all my willpower, but actually something that's going to heal you so you have more energy and you don't have to rely on just willpower all the time to get through life. Are you guys ready? I am so ready. I'm so excited and so ready to see you guys in that course and to be learning with you and to be and to be teaching you guys and seeing what you are what insights you're going to have in your health, in your life and for your future. 
All right, everybody. I hope that you love that podcast episode that gave you more insight into the world of functional health, functional lab testing, gave you some words, some names, some concepts, some strategies, some pathways, and some hope. Well, if you love this episode, just as a reminder, we have even more coming down the line, and we actually have a lot in the past. If you didn't hear me, just dropping all of those podcast episodes. So check out all of our past episodes. Um, And if you have any recommendations, we would love to hear from you. Come visit us on our Instagram at Better Belly Therapies. Leave us a DM. I do check all of our direct messages or talk with us on our stories. I often have little question bubbles and you can just ask me questions and tell me what you're interested in knowing more about. Also, if you thought of a friend while listening to this podcast episode, I want to encourage you, take a screenshot, share it with a friend, or just share it on your Instagram stories and tag us at Better Belly Therapies. It means so much to your friends when you just say, I care, I care about you. I know you've got this going on. This really made me think of you. I hope it brings you some hope today. So other ways that you can support what's going on here, if you have felt supported at all by any of these episodes, I would invite you to leave a rating and review on our Apple iTunes podcast. Uh, We have a link if you don't even listen on Apple, but a lot of y'all, most of y'all do listen on Apple and it would mean so much and it would help other people find this amazing information. And lastly, just a reminder, our motto Miracles are immediate, but healing takes time.